Hi there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, this is Marilyn Ritchie. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Calm Podcast. I am really glad to be back and I'm looking forward to the topic of discussion today. I debated for several days about what to talk about today. And then I had three different conversations in the course of 24 hours with different colleagues from work that solidified the topic for today. Today, we are going to talk about finding time for the core five when you are really busy and stressed out. So first, let me tell you what the core five are. These are five things that I think of as the basic essentials that are necessary for life and for survival. These things go back through history as being critically important. They are the easiest things to drop or skimp on when you're really busy or stressed out. These are very simple ideas Some of them I've actually pulled together from other people's suggestions for the things to focus on, but this list of five are the ones that I have pulled together that I find to be most essential, especially when things are really busy and you have limited time. Okay, without further ado, the core five are water, sleep, nutritious food, exercise, and connection with other people. That's it. This probably sounds like an overly simplistic list to focus on, but as I talk through this, you will probably recognize how you don't focus on these things and What I have found in my own life is that when I don't focus on these things, other things start to fall apart and the train, you know, the wheels fall off the train or the train falls off the tracks and things just become chaotic. So I'm going to walk through each of these and explain what I mean by it being a core essential and why it is so important to emphasize in your daily life. So number one, water. This probably seems so obvious, and maybe to some people, you know, like, who doesn't drink water every day? Of course you drink water. Everybody drinks water. Nope. Everybody does not drink water. We're supposed to drink water, but a lot of us don't like water. So 
I can tell you as a child, I can recall never having water at a meal. Never, ever. I would have milk, I would have chocolate milk, or I would have pop or soda. I grew up in Pittsburgh, so we called it pop. Um, my grandparents used to tell stories about how when I was a baby and a toddler, I would have Coke in my bottle. So brown liquid in a bottle. I can hardly imagine, but I did not like water and I wouldn't drink it. I was like that for much of my adult life as well. I didn't like water. I would have sweet tea or coffee or hot tea or soda, anything but water. Several years ago, I tried to start forcing myself to drink water because I was noticing digestive issues. I was noticing really dry skin, just lots of issues that when you would you know, Google to figure out why am I having these symptoms, it's almost always dehydration. So I started drinking more water. And lo and behold, I felt a lot better and a lot of the symptoms went away. So again, this is probably pretty obvious, but the, the literature is a little bit mixed on exactly how much water you should have. Yes, there is a thing as, such a thing as too much water. So you do have to, to monitor this. You don't want to overly hydrate. But some say eight glasses of water a day, so eight, eight ounce glasses. I have seen others say... Take your body weight, divide it by two, and then that's the number of ounces you should have. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you should have 75 ounces of water a day. I am not an expert in hydration, so I don't know exactly what the right number is, but I know that it's important that you're drinking plenty of water. So the strategy that I have tried to adopt is to have a glass of water in between any other beverages that I'm gonna have throughout the day. So when my coffee is brewing in the morning, I chug a glass of water. Oh, and I should mention that too. Yeah, you can't just sip water all day, or at least I can't. If I just sip water all day, throughout the course of the day, I will drink one glass of water because I don't like it. And kind of one sip at a time, Anytime I notice the glass, just doesn't cut it. So most of the time I have to just chug a glass of water. So I chug a glass while my coffee is brewing and then I enjoy my coffee. And then if I want a second cup of coffee, I chug another glass of water while the next cup of coffee is brewing. Later in the day, I now make sure that I have water with lunch and water with dinner. And I finish the glass over the course of the meal and then other points of the day, if I notice I haven't had anything, I chug another glass of water. So I really, I aim for that eight glasses a day. And some days I make it, some days I don't. But I figure, you know, even if I get in six glasses, that's better than the days when I used to have zero glasses. I do know that since I have been doing this, I definitely have better skin I have fewer headaches. My digestive system is in better shape. I just overall feel a lot better. And so I think that the experts and the 
the clinical community that says we should be drinking a lot of water are right. When I've talked to some friends about this, they kind of laugh at me that this is even a thing that I, I think is important enough to mention. But because I was one of those people that didn't drink water, I, I think it's really important. You know, especially when you're really busy, it can be so easy to just keep going and getting another cup of coffee or another cup of tea because there's something really soothing about the warm beverage and holding the warm cup that feels really good especially when you're busy. And so just a glass of water, just at least for me, is not satisfying. Nonetheless, it's really important. So core essential number one, drink your water. Core essential number two is sleep. Some of you aren't gonna like this one, I'm sorry. Sleep is really important. I know a lot of people say they don't like to sleep. They think it's a waste of time. They don't need a lot of sleep. And some people don't need as much sleep as others. But the overwhelming majority of us, majority of us do need sleep. And we actually need a lot of it. The experts say seven to nine hours per night for adults. These are people over the age of 18, that would be all of us. There is a lot of research on all of the health issues that can emerge with a lack of sleep. It's associated with obesity, heart disease, different forms of dementia, just so many issues without sleep. When we are asleep, that is when our body repairs and heals from damages throughout the day. It is a period of rest for our systems. And it just, it's a really important part of life. And it's one that whenever I have a lot to do, it is the easiest one to just say, you know what? I don't have time for eight hours today. I'm just, I'm going to go with six. I'm going to go with four. I don't have time for more than that. I need to get things done. So when everybody else in the house is sleeping, I'm going to be up and I'm going to get stuff done. I can do that for one or two days and I don't notice the negative effects of it. But if I go much longer than that, I start to feel really bad. I start to have brain fog and lose focus. I start to get headaches. I can just tell that the quality of my work is not as strong as it is when I am sleeping well. So sleep is another one of these core essentials that I think is just super important to focus on. So they say seven to nine hours per night. I think that for each person, you need to figure out where your sweet spot is. So when I do allow myself to sleep longer, I feel worse. So if I sleep for nine or 10 hours, that actually is too much for me. I think seven to eight is really my sweet spot. What I do to try to get that much sleep, because that is actually hard to do if you have a lot on your mind and a lot to do, I set a bedtime and a wake time. So I set an alarm every morning so that I get up around the same time. Sometimes I don't need the alarm. Sometimes I wake up five or 10 minutes before it. But in general, I try to set a bedtime and a wake time and 
I make sure that it's seven to eight hours in between. I don't do work before bed. I don't watch the news before bed. And I avoid screen time before bed. These are the things that I have found make it hard for me to fall asleep. If I am watching the news and then I turn off the TV, my head is reeling with things that I saw in the news. If I check my email right as I'm getting into bed, I see things that need to be done. I see issues that need to be dealt with. And all I do is lay there and think I should just get back up and deal with that. I could just send that real quick. You know what? They're waiting on that. Let me just go review that paper now. If you can do something else right before bed, like read a book, look at a magazine, work on a puzzle, spend time with a loved one, talk on the phone, something that is more relaxing than the news or work to calm your mind for 30 minutes before you go to bed. It's much easier to fall asleep. And then if you go to bed at the same time or almost the same time every night and you wake up around the same time every morning, your body gets used to that time frame, and you basically sleep train yourself to sleep that amount. I want to loop back really quickly to core essential number one, which is water. Water and sleep go together in one way that resonates with me specifically, and that is when I don't get enough sleep, I need extra caffeine. And so I can remember doing this in grad school. I can remember doing this in undergrad, and I have done this when I'm up against a grant deadline as a faculty member. I don't have time to sleep, so I'll get four, five hours maybe, and then I get up, you know, 4 a.m., 3 a.m., make a pot of coffee, drink the coffee, work, drink more coffee, work. Throughout the day, I just keep drinking the coffee because I'm tired and I need it to keep going. And if I get sick of the coffee, then I'm going to grab a soda. I'll get a Diet Coke. I'll get a Dr. Pepper, something to give me an extra boost to keep going throughout the day. Five o'clock, I made the grant deadline. Submit the grant. Oh, thank God. But now my adrenaline is rushing and I am so jittery from all the caffeine. And then what do I do? I grab a glass of wine and then another glass of wine until I get tired and then I crash. And those days are horrible for your body and you feel terrible the next day. And it's because you didn't get enough sleep and you didn't drink any water. You filled your body full of caffeine, which made you jittery. And then you have alcohol to calm you back down. And I have done this more than once throughout my uh, academic career and something I'm not proud of, but on those days, that's when I realized, like, this is not healthy. This is not right. I will feel better if I do it differently. So now I really try, even on the days when I'm up against a huge deadline, to make sure I sleep. Because as it turns out, I get things done faster when I'm well-rested. My mind is sharper, and I'm able to read something quickly, write something more quickly, and get things done more efficiently. So number two do what you can to get plenty of sleep.
All right. So core essential number three is nutritious food. This is one where I don't want to spend a lot of time telling you what exactly I mean by nutritious food. I think there are a lot of different trends and diets out there. And, oh, and when I say diet, I'm not talking about like cutting back on what you're eating to lose weight. I mean like a diet, the, the way that people eat. Some people are vegetarian. Some people are vegan. Some people are gluten-free. There's lots of different styles of eating and I don't think any one particular one is right or best. I think it's very important that you figure it out for yourself and learn based on your body what types of foods you respond well to and you enjoy. I think the issue that happens, especially when work is very busy and there's a lot going on, is that we tend not to spend a lot of time on preparing food. And so that's when things can get um, less healthy and just kind of into this spiral of not feeling great and not being as focused on our work. And that's when we start eating a lot of processed food, a lot of sugar, a lot of salt, a lot of fried food, a lot of fast food. When you don't have time to cook and don't have time to prepare food, it's just really easy to grab something quick, a grab and go, you know, just grab something out of the pantry, pick up fast food, something quick and easy. Um, I think we've all done it. But when we do that, it tends to only contribute to the brain fog, to not feeling great. And so I've really tried to do what I can to focus on increasing the amount of food that I eat that grows naturally. That is made at home, that is not processed, minimize the salt, minimize the sugar, minimize the fried food. Um, I think it, it's hard because, especially if you're a person who doesn't enjoy cooking, which I'm one of those people, um, I would much rather pick up food from a food truck or go out to eat. But that's not the healthiest option. Um, though you can be healthy while picking things up. So when I do eat out, I try to choose healthy options as much, as much as I can. With this topic, what I would say is pay attention to what makes you feel good, what gives you focus, what makes you productive, and try to eat those things. And pay attention to what makes you feel bad. Uh, I've been trying to do some elimination diets to try to see if there are certain foods that perhaps don't make me feel as well. I've definitely noticed that bread is something that um, I, I can actually have too much of. Um, if I have a little bit of bread, I'm fine. But if I have bread at two meals throughout the day, I feel terrible in the evening. And I have figured out that it's the bread that's making me feel kind of digestive issues. Um, but if I have one piece of bread, it's fine. So it must be a, a tolerance issue that there's a certain amount I can handle and after that I cannot. I know a lot of people who are like that. So figure out what makes you feel good and focus on those things. One other strategy is to meet with a nutritionist. This is something that I'm actually doing next week. 
to talk a little bit more about kind of the, the food pyramid and the current recommendations. In particular, I'm doing this because I have a 14-year-old who wants to bulk up and wants to have protein shakes and you know, really focus on weight gain and muscle gain, and I want to do it the right way. But I found out that my insurance covers, I think, 10 visits with a nutritionist a year. So everybody's insurance would be different, but look into it. I had no idea that it was covered by insurance until I contacted the nutritionist and found out that it's covered by insurance. So that's one strategy that you can take advantage of to learn a little bit more about what you should or shouldn't be eating, or more importantly, just the, the portions or proportions of different food groups that you should be eating. Food is fuel. It's what gets us through the day. And so making the best choices possible will certainly make you feel better, which will make you more productive and work better. All right, now we are on to core essential number four. This is exercise and movement. This is one that, man, when you don't do it, it definitely impacts your day. And when you do it, you start to feel so much better, but it is not fun for most of us. I am one of those people that hates exercise. I don't like running. I don't like burpees. I don't like push-ups and sit-ups. I don't like sweating. I don't like any part of exercise. It is not something that I love. And I do know a lot of people who are super into fitness and love it. They love every part of it. They love going to the gym. They love playing sports. They are all in. I am not one of those people. I don't like anything about it. However, I learned about, gosh, it's almost two and a half, three years ago now that when I exercise, my mood is 150% better. I do not lose patience as easily with work. I don't lose patience with my kids. I am calmer. I am able to manage stressful situations so much better. And I really think that it has to do with exercise and movement because as it turns out, the science behind exercise is that your body releases endorphins and there's biology there. It actually does change your body chemistry and your mood. And so exercise is one of the essentials that you have got to try to find time for. I don't necessarily mean going to the gym or an exercise class, or anything regimented or very specific. I would say doing something that moves your body every day will make you feel 100% better. I tend to try to do 30 minutes a day. This is something that Rachel Hollis and Dave Hollis recommend. Uh, They have a lot of books and podcasts that they talk about this movie body for 30 minutes a day. I think 30 minutes is a great target. I often don't have time to do a workout, a quote unquote workout for 30 minutes a day. And so I will adapt this 30 minutes where, for example, I will take one of my conference calls on a walk. So I will put earbuds in and take my phone 
and do the call while walking for 30 minutes instead of just sitting at my desk. When I'm on campus, which I'm recording this still during the work from home time during the coronavirus pandemic, but in general, when I'm on campus at Penn, sometimes I will take a meeting on a walk. So if I have a meeting with a student or a meeting with one of my members in my lab, rather than sitting at my desk, I'll say, hey, why don't we go walk on campus? It's a beautiful day. We can both get some exercise and take our 30-minute meeting on the road. I have found that to be really helpful. When possible, I do try to wake up 30 minutes earlier than I would have had to be up and do some sort of exercise in the morning. So I am fortunate. I have an elliptical machine in my basement. I don't love it. But I have found that if I allow myself to do something that I enjoy while I'm on it, it's not so bad. So sometimes I watch a TV show or part of a movie for 30 minutes. Sometimes I listen to a podcast. Sometimes I listen to an audible. Something that I want to do, but it's the reward for getting on the elliptical for 30 minutes. I also recently found an app called Down Dog. It's a yoga app. Currently, they have a free promotion because of the pandemic. And so I decided to try it. It's great. But there are tons of apps that you can use. So finding what type of exercise you like and doing that. If you can't do 30 minutes a day, do what you can. 10, 15, any amount of movement. It will improve your mindset and improve your mood, which is going to make you much more efficient and productive in your work. All right, the last core essential, number five, is connection with other people. This one comes straight from Brene Brown, who I've talked about before. I'm a huge fangirl of Brene. She has done a lot of research on shame and vulnerability, and what she has found is that humans are wired for connection. Connecting with other people is our fuel. It is what gives us so much joy and a passion for life. This connection can be found any number of ways, and this very much depends on you and your style. So some people you know, are introverts and don't like to be around lots of people all the time, while others are extroverts and enjoy being in groups. Whatever type of connection gives you joy, that's what's important to focus on. So whether that's texting with someone, talking on the phone, writing letters, spending time together. As a busy person, I find that I have to often schedule that time. And especially if I'm trying to have connection with other busy people, we have to look at our calendar and plan, you know, two weekends ahead, let's get together for lunch. Or next month, let's get together you know, on a Saturday and have dinner and drinks. So figure out what you need to do to have that connection and who those people are that you want to connect with and do that. I will say currently, because we're under a stay-at-home order, the connections that we're having are often uh, text, phone, or video conference rather than any other uh, mechanism because we're not allowed to get together in groups right now. I have found the video conferencing to be so much fun. We have had happy hours, we have had coffee breaks, and I've actually realized that with my friends that live around the country, we could do that all the time. And we actually said recently, 
why did we wait till there was a pandemic to get together for a happy hour? We could have been doing this for years and it just never occurred to us before. So certainly a, a life lesson learned during this pandemic is that we can have these connections with people far away anytime we want. So connection is really important. So to wrap up for today, these core five essentials seem really obvious. And maybe for some of you, you do them all the time. And this was not so informative. But when I'm insanely busy, I know that these are the things that drop. I, I've heard myself say, I don't have time to work out. No time to sleep. I'll sleep when I'm dead. I've got to get stuff done. I don't have time to hang out with my friends right now. I miss them. I want to spend time with them, but there's just no time with this pile of things to do. I have so many deadlines that I have to meet. I I just, I'm sorry, I don't have time to go to lunch. I'm sorry, I don't have time to hang out on Saturday. I've got to work. I am too busy to cook, and so I eat like crap. I am not sleeping, so I only drink coffee. These five things just spiral into one another. And then at some period, you kind of lift up your head and you're like, oh my God, I feel terrible. I'm exhausted, I'm depleted, I'm in a bad mood. And if you stop and think about these core five and which of these or how many of these you're not doing, you will probably find that you're not doing these five things. And certainly I've noticed during this pandemic at a time that is unusually stress-provoking and anxiety-provoking, The days that I don't spend intentional moments thinking about, am I getting enough sleep? Am I drinking water? What did I eat today? Who did I connect with today? And did I move my body? The days that I don't do these five things feel worse than the days that I do. So I hope that these five core essentials are helpful to you. I believe in them wholeheartedly. And when I'm intentional about making sure that I do these five things, I work better, I feel better, and I'm in a much better mood. So with that, I'm going to wrap up and say farewell, stay healthy, be well, make sure that you spend some time on yourself today. Take care. You've just listened to another episode of the Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.